pretty sure we started another episode this way. Did we? Yeah, we did. It's a good warm up. Yeah. Shut up. The podcast is starting. Stop with your blowing raspberries everywhere. Who's Hello. Raspberries? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. I'm Joey Bonnier. With us, as always, Mr. Sean Farr. Across the table from him, we got Derek. Look, sure we do. And we're missing. Uh, yeah, he's not here. Just us three today. Flying with the trifecta. The yes. V. The, the flying the, V. Yeah. The mighty duck. We can make a V. Yeah, barely. We a v. Yeah. We could form it. Actually, kind of better. V. We could make a better V than four people would. Yeah. Which yeah. is the triangle, and that's not a V. No, no, but the flying V. The odd numbers creates a good V. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still just a triangle. All right. Depends where we're facing and how yeah. wide the triangle is. Shown. No, no matter where we're facing, we're three points. You don't have to connect all three points. You don't have to connect triangle. them. No. No. Me and you are not connected. <laughs> it's just this way. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we watched Sean's pick this week, and of course, it was a doozy. <laughs> doozy as usual. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Frankenstein getting top billing. No, Abbott got top billing. Well, whatever. You know what I mean. Third. <laughs> of the monsters. Of yeah. the monsters, yeah. even though there's more. He got the only billing of the monsters. Which is crazy. Let's uh, dive into our first impressions. Uh, Derek, what was your first impression of this film? Uh -oh. um, I thought, you know, I mean, it's got... Uh, What's wrong? Uh, oh. It's got two good jokes in it. Don't preempt or Actually, <laughs> maybe three good jokes in it. Um, there's one really great joke. Uh, and then there's one unintentionally funny moment. <laughs> yeah. And then there's... Uh, there's... Uh, Monsters. Mm. Uh -huh. Monster chases. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Monster farce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean, what's your first impression? Um, yes and no, I guess. Like, um, it was in parts better than I expected, but in parts way worse than I expected. Um, I enjoyed it more than the bank dick, I think, but like, um, and there were, like you said, there was probably about three good laughs in this movie, one of them unintentional. Um, but the rest of it is, uh, you know, third rate Three Stooges, uh, fourth rate Marx Brothers. I don't know. Yeah. Fifth rate Buster Keaton. Not even. Don't, like, even, don't, yeah, don't even yeah. mention his name. Sorry. Yeah. These, yeah. yeah. My bad, proceedings. guys. Uh, my first quick impression is I, I agree with mostly what you guys said. I think that it's kind of a poor man's stooges. Mm -hmm. uh, they do some things well. There was some really great physical comedy by Costello. He's really special. He's clearly vaudevillian trained. What? I, I, you hate I, Costello? No, no. I don't know whether to get into this now or later, but like it was only Costello. Well, yeah. What does yeah. Abbott do? He's I know. I can't. Man. I, but he's not even like. <sighs> like you are slacking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Costello's nothing. back in pain because he's carrying the fucking movie? Yeah. yeah. yeah there's okay. a lot of weight there. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. But I think it has moments, like you said. There's three, and I would even say maybe four chuckles. I mean, they're varying. There's some good. There was good one or two good laughs. But I think. It's a studio movie, so it does have some nice touches. Like the music is really nice. I think there's a lot of nice. Honestly, scenery and production design, if you're into the old, just kind of seeing what a nice old movie looks like. Yeah. There's some good old stuff some there. Nice yeah. painted backdrops and some nice, uh, uh, yeah. But overall, just not, it didn't hit at the mark enough. It just like 
yeah. just too many jokes fell flat. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like it, it was batting too Like I said, best. like the, the joke I suggested that didn't happen was yeah. funnier than the jokes that did happen. Yeah, it needed moment. a punch up. Yeah. Man. A lot of punch up. Yeah. It was felt like a first draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it, it feels to me like too much of it is trying to be a little more like certain moments they're trying to have be a little more real i guess yeah and not as jokey well but for, so it's a weird place that it lives in yeah. from my understanding this is like kind of the original avengers where this mm-hmm. is like the creation of the uh the universal marvel verse whatever or universal, universal monster verse yeah. yeah so like you know this is right. kind of the first time we get all of these big i mean what were big properties at the time the uh your frankenstein and your werewolves and your draculas all in the same movie like that is right. kind of a you know the freddy versus jason of its day or whatever but yeah. like bringing all these worlds together so i think they tried to at least pay homage or give each of the monsters their own like feel or context in each of those moments and then tried to figure out how to meld them together so yeah mm-hmm. the styles were kind of all over the place but also with this like comedy sheen over it as well it yeah. made me uh you made me think of that i was also thinking of alien versus predator mm-hmm. but uh are there any more modern examples do you think because alien predator like 80s and 79. Yeah, yeah. Are there any 90s, 2000s examples of this kind of monster mm. stuff? Of monster I movies like in general? Monster or movies. the monster combo crossover well, stuff? I guess it'd have to, they both would have to rise. There would have to be at least two to rise to a level of yeah. fight, fight, fighting against each yeah. other. Yeah. I mean, they've been trying to, what, the mummy was like them trying yeah. to yeah, reintegrate things yep. and they haven't been able to do it. Uh, it just. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's I, I heard they're also trying to do a theme park in Orlando. Well, they, yeah, mm-hmm. they tried to revive the entire monster verse a couple of years ago, but they the mummy failed miserably, and they just kind of given up on most of that. But. I just don't like all these. I don't think a series based on a shitty villain, or even if it was a really good villain, maybe. But it's like you can't. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's the horror genre. They're all kind of based around, I mean, you know, you got your- Friday the 13th. Well, I mean, even like, uh, 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 what's Slackjaw or whatever the fuck it is from- uh, Jigsaw. Jigsaw. There you go. Slackjaw. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But, you know, I mean, you know, the the ghost face killer from Scream, you know, you have, there are these sort of like- But this is Alien versus Predator versus Will Ferrell. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Like that- Don't that too loud. So yeah, you're the Step Brothers meet <laughs> yeah. the Predator. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley meet. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be something like they, that. They would greenlight something like that. I mean, they greenlit that shit. We Sherlock just gave them an and idea. Oh, Watson movie was, with them that was terrible. That was god awful. Yeah. But the movie that came out like almost exactly at the same time, the Laurel and Hardy movie, was actually decent. Mm. Yeah, we need to see Laurel and Hardy. I guess now I've mm-hmm. forgotten about those guys. I was thinking we haven't yeah. seen one of those combos yet. Yeah, yeah, that's why. That's the reason I well, picked the Mark this brothers, one. but not they're not a duo. I in this one I looked up Abbott and Costello, and this uh, seemed to be the high, highest rated Abbott and Costello movie. Yeah. So I figure after this, I don't have to watch anymore. Um, I yeah. think we got uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty we much covered the, it. <laughs> we covered pretty it. Pretty much the gist of what's going on there. I'm glad we saw it. Exactly. I, I, I don't. You know, I'm, I'm purposely skipping the synopsis part of our our right. our podcast here because yeah. I think that we the story is honestly irrelevant. It yeah. really is just. Yeah gag after gag of Abbott and Costello run into monsters. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, there's some funny stuff, like you said, but I don't, I don't think there's much story there to speak of at all. No. So, I don't Apparently, know. Apparently, Costello didn't like the script at all and said that 
his five-year-old kid could write something better, but then during production started to kind of enjoy it more. But I think that, yeah, without Costello, it doesn't work at all anyway. So oh, it's not a movie. It's not a movie <laughs> at all. Like, like some of the lines in it are just like, wow, I cannot believe you guys landed on this one because, yeah. because he's Was doing- Was there a draft? A second round? Right, no. yeah, <laughs> because he's doing more work than he should have to do to make some of this stuff funny. I yeah. mean, give us some good scenarios. Give us some, like, decent one-liner, you yeah. know? And it's all, like, there in the premise. Like, yeah. it should be a movie that writes itself, and it should be, yeah. like, I, easy to put together. But. I felt like a lot of moments, they were it was such a flat script. Like, I bet yeah. shooting this was so, like, dry and no one was laughing that they were just like, hey, uh, Costello, why don't you just run into the wall? Yeah. And yeah. he's like, yeah, okay, and exactly. did it. And, like, that was, like, the fourth funniest thing in this movie. Yep. Uh, yeah. I, I'm serious. Just, no, no, you're totally true, right. Running it's into true. the wall. It's, it's hire Jim Carrey in a shitty movie and just say, hey, go nuts, and hopefully something comes out of this thing. Yeah. yeah. And he's great. I mean, l let's kind of, I guess, go right to him and the characters because he's, you know, the whole fucking thing. Costello. Costello. Mm. Um, Costello! What's his real name? Do you know his full name? Um, John C. Riley Jr. Okay. Well, <laughs> while you're looking up, I think he's... Um, He's great. He's got the vaudevillian style. Like he clearly has Lou, physical right? comedy Lou down. Costello? Sounds right. Um, I don't know. Bud I like, Abbott. Abbott okay. is just Abbott's bad. Let's not talk about Abbott for a second. Okay. Uh, let's put him to <laughs> yeah. the side. But I think Costello also is really special because of his voice and his um, the way he just goes really high. Uh, Sean, uh, you know, liken him to Charlie Kelly from Always Sunny. You know, I think he's obviously very curly esque. That's the thing. Like, I just felt like he was doing a curly impression most of the time. Um, I, I, these, this was a little bit after the Three Stooges, I so. wasn't it? Like, it, it just, it, yeah, it just felt so second tier curly material most of the way through. He landed a couple of jokes, but it didn't seem like anything. Uh, personally or iconically his. It just happened to be a couple of jokes that landed. And, uh, maybe you guys can make call me a little bit superficial for this one. But I think that I, I, I didn't like the fact that he was always referred to as ugly or like, mm. you know, just like short, good, the bad looking. Schlubby, he's, yeah. yeah, he's not really that bad looking. I mean, he's like, you know, he's not good looking, but he's nothing like, he's no gargoyle. Well, he's it's also not like comically bad looking. He's just, like, it's also slightly... a standard thing because he's not really fat by today's standards. That's no. kind of the, the whole curly thing as well. Like back in the day, that's what a fat dude looked like. And, but today, like, that's just a normal dude you yeah. see at Disney World. Like, that is not anything out of the ordinary for us. But I think that's just because we live in a very unhealthy time. Well, yeah. maybe. Eh, eh. Not that I'm one to talk or pass judgment. No, I but. think I prefaced that by saying, call, yeah. call me superficial. I wonder, I I wonder if, uh, so my understanding is uh, that this was kind of them coming back. Like, they yeah. were not doing well before mm. this. And so it does probably lend itself to him kind of a doing more the curly thing mm -hmm. to like just pandering um, almost just pandering and uh you know and and it's interesting because um you guys know so this was obviously this you know is considered one of the the first commercially like uh successful uh horror comedy uh yeah, yeah. um it's not actually the first horror comedy right but commercially um, viable exactly um so it did real well in its in its time um but uh, but I, I do think it is. It, it almost feels like it would be better if it was Three Stooges yeah. in this situation, uh, 
with with these with these uh, monsters that are in it, you know. Yeah, I think they just, just oh, <laughs> Costello and anyone. Like, yeah, Bud Abbott just else, has yeah. nothing. There's there's no addition to this movie. There's no reason his name needs to be on that marquee. There, right. Like he is just like the the you Lundberg. What's, like what's, even Lundberg had a way better. What's character. What's weird is at sometimes they tried to not use him as a straight man. There was a couple times where they, where he was like, oh, I, you know, I'll try to get the girl, but blah, blah, blah. what about that girl named Mary? I'll yeah. give you Mary, and he's like. Ah, ha, 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 wah, wah. So he's kind of the butt of a joke once in a while. It never works. Yeah. And he's just a zero. Yeah. Yeah. And we're also playing with him in an archetype that's really annoying. Now, I know that probably back then it wasn't like so established as an archetype. It's that, I, you know, non-believer Mm-hmm. of the things that are going on sure. mm-hmm. and we're let in, we're let on as the audience that these things are real so immediately there's that disconnect right where we're like this guy's an idiot for not mm-hmm. believing costello these things are real yeah it's tough to argue what would you do without abbott because like you do need a straight man i will grant you that it's just like it feels like he you just, need a better one. Yeah. He needs to do more. Yeah. He yeah. needs to have some sort of uh, pleasant. Make that ca- turn earlier too. Well, he needs to have Maybe. a character. That like he, there needs to be something to latch on about him. He's the fancy lad. He's the you know the prim and proper. He's the shlo- he's the the grouchy one. Or you know he's got to have yeah. something. He's nothing. Yeah, he's literally just a blank canvas to be. I don't know to throw uh, uh, Costello against like. Yeah. 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 I will say that you guys have seen the other guys with uh Will Ferrell. Yeah, yeah. That so that I feel like they kind of pulled from this for that joke about the fact that all the women are interested in like Will Ferrell oh, yeah, in that yeah. movie. Like that's totally like from it's from good, this yeah. this thing. I like that trope. I, yeah. It's yeah. always it always works, you know. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, cause it's always funny to see, you know, a beautiful woman with an uglier guy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, it's I a, find it hopeful, but you know, you yeah. call it call it what you will. Yeah. It's yeah, it's hopeful for some of us. You know, reality, guys. It's reality. Come well, on. I mean, that's why the sitcoms are almost always that way. Like King of Queens, you got this schlubby dude with the yeah. hot chick. He, you know, uh, even uh, married with children. Like Julia Al Roberts, Lyle Lovett. You oh, know, gee, I mean, well, that's just reality. That was reality. I know. So reality sometimes goes that way. Yeah. You know. Sure. Uh, I mean, uh, if you if you need Pete even Davidson, more, every girlfriend he's ever had. You you know, for instance, Good point. yes. Yeah. Uh, if you need more hope on Julia Roberts, she ended up with a camera operator. So you know, hmm. okay. there's, there's hope for all of us. Is he a good-looking camera? Operator? I have no idea, but you know, the fact that they even notices is something. He's probably like a, mo- a camera operator slash model. Exactly. Yeah, he was holding the fake camera in the yeah, shoot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, so p- apart from Abbott, you know, we got to talk about some of the classics. You know, the the actual he, you know villains there. Start with Dracula, Bela Lugosi. Yeah. I mean, big character. I would say he's the biggest of the characters um, of, you know, of the monsters. I like Bela Lugosi. He was pretty good. You know, it seemed like he was like reprising his old role, which was clear, and he was playing the hits, but- Were you familiar with him? Have you seen his- I haven't. I kind of seen clips, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is the archetype of all vampire movies at this point, but- Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, I, 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 I could, I could see sitting through an entire movie of him doing that shtick. Yeah, I did get tired of the sh- of the, just the absolute repetitive shtick of the, you know, of no one being able to actually see the monsters, just constantly being turned away from them. Yeah, yeah, I get that's the the whole <laughs> thing, but you can't just do it every scene. Maybe do it, you know, I don't know. Yeah, 
40% it does, of the time. does kind of lose its humor. Oh, shit, dude. He is a model cameraman. <laughs> he is Are a model cameraman. You, you were right. <laughs> well, wow. no, but like he is. Oh, come on. Right. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> it's like Brad Pitt holding a camera. 6'5", <laughs> yeah. with like perfect yeah. hair. Yeah. Screw you, dude. <laughs> Uh, yeah. maybe I don't have hope anymore <laughs> it was it, I, I will say it was pretty great though too like w- it, even with the reveal at the end with like Vincent Price yeah. you know that was pretty awesome to like to like hear his voice in this thing yeah and it's funny to see like to see the credited uh, writers in this right because obvi- or, or sorry who it's based on who the characters are mm-hmm. based on or whatever mm-hmm. because it's Mary Shelley Bram Stoker uh, H.G. Wells for The Invisible Man. And huh. then and then the least, the one I've never heard of, uh, Cart City, Syed Mac? Syed sure. Mac? He's the guy who wrote The Wolfman or mm. established The Wolfman, which like all those others, like yeah, those are household big hitters, names, yeah. household names, whereas he's not, but obviously this character's been... Mm. in everything just you, about you know you know what though there w- i i probably wouldn't know it if there wasn't a movie called mary shelley's frankenstein and That's a movie true. called bram stoker's dracula but if there was a movie called wolfmaster or whatever i might remember the dude's name yeah i think it's up to you to make this movie derek yeah. Yeah, you gotta yeah. write the Wolfman and credit uh, I got a Kurt and an S <laughs> with like a, like but it's gotta be phonetic. Mm, you know? Yeah, so people well, so I gotta figure name. out yeah. what that is phonetically. Mm, totally. Okay. You know, Sid Mac, I don't know. Let's go Sid Mac. Sid Myers? That's a whole different thing. Sid Myers, yeah, that's yeah. a whole different that's a game. Sid Mac's yeah. pretty good. Mm. Sid Mac. I like it. Kurt Sid Mac. <laughs> so let's go to the next big one, Frank Jr. What'd you think, Derek? Frankenstein. I mean, he, yeah, he's 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 fine. I mean, the makeup's good, right? The makeup's good. good. His eyes look close. Uh, the performance is classic lumbering, slow Frankenstein. Yeah, Except like, for a few moments. Except for yeah. a few moments. Well, Original seems, zombie with some twitch muscle. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. got that adrenaline rush. Um, yeah. One one of the interesting things that that I I it's so weird to me the way that they play these characters in this because they play them kind of very like straight. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they don't do anything directly funny. No, I think the, they're they're still playing the same characters yeah, from their movies. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Dracula's so, pretty straight. Yeah. So yeah. that that there's all the only scene that I can remember that's kind of like odd is this when when Costello sits on, on Frankenstein's lap. That yeah. rubbed me the wrong way. That <laughs> that portion of it felt like it didn't fit along with the rest of that yeah. established like a little bit too far past the line. Yeah, yeah. So as- like if you were talking like uh, if you were talking aside from that scene, I would think like I like this is a classic like Frankenstein sort of performance and everything, but that kind of stands out in my mind as like a moment that I didn't really like, so I kind of like don't are you, are you saying Frank should have reacted more to that? I not I I mean, I think that I think that the fact that it went on so long without mm. him reacting to it felt oh that it was odd. played for comedy. Yeah, it was played more. for exactly right on, and it's the combination of both of them. Yeah, Whereas yeah. in the other situations, it's usually the it's usually Costello being is, com- and that everyone is playing it straight. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that that kind of rubbed me a little the wrong way with the you know, and I'm I mean maybe that's you know maybe that's not just a performance thing, mm-hmm. but uh, I do think that. 
it it does have something to do with the performance in that scene, sure. you know. I suppose, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, in those days, I don't know how much uh, control those guys mm. had over their characters. If you're Robert Downey Jr., you get a little bit of say in, uh, you know, what you get to portray. But I think but, these. Well, you might be right, but I think that some of these guys have been playing these characters for a while. Oh, certainly, but I, you know, I, I'm not sure how much they would stand up. Um, but I would I, for Bella Lugosi. Yeah, say, yeah. Let's say he wants to make a choice on. on yeah, yeah, set. I would that's guess true. they would give it, him it'd that. It'd probably be harder for uh, the comedic director to stand yeah. up to Bella, Bella Lugosi. But. Um, Let's. I, I. I thought Frank was just too dumb. Honestly, the end when he walked right into the fire. I was like, why? That was you? weird. Okay, that was weird. But the, as far as Frank being too dumb, like it is. That's supposed to I be what it. that is. I thought like, he would have some sort of. They alluded to it because I think it was it was a really funny moment where uh, Costello was you know uh, was was uh, trapped with his neck and he was trying to appeal to Frank saying like I don't know one and one I don't, I don't my brain is bad you know yeah, don't yeah. you don't want my brain trying to appeal to Frankenstein like hey you know is better nature totally. so it was kind of cute but I I thought Frankenstein would actually like be like hey you're right you know I I'm gonna rebel against these shitty. Overlords again. I don't. That's not the Frankenstein character, and if he's staying true yeah. to what he is, like I guess I'm thinking of young Frankenstein. Yeah, then. totally. That's yeah. a much different thing. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm tainted by that. <laughs> so this was um, apparently this was the third appearance of um, of the guy like uh, 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 Strange as uh, Frankenstein in this. Oh, okay. Um, so so he had kind of been established as a, in in it a little bit before, and this is the second appearance of um, Bela Lugosi as Dracula, which is kind of interesting really? because yeah, right. So like he must mm. he had to have like uh, gone on after yeah, after this and done all of it, but because obvious, but it's interesting to how think how much we associate him with that. Yeah, yeah. and that this is only the second performance in that yeah. role. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just one seminal performance will do it. I wonder right. if this this solidifies it though, like Maybe. that pop culture kind of brain thing that like, yeah, yeah, he was the thing, but like this is what actually makes him. Yeah, that maybe guy. maybe carrying across those different yeah. genres really solidifies something. Like, sure. like you said, it's all like mainstream. Abbott and Costello are totally broad and mainstream, right? That's true. And uh, horror is always like a side or sub genre. So. It's uh, very rare that a horror is totally mainstream. Especially in like 48, where, you know- yeah. with, I feel like it was more mainstream back then. In that yeah. sense, but I think, that, I, I guess I just mean more of a taboo because we were maybe more uh, puritanical. That's all. Mm, maybe. I don't know. I just feel like I, I, like the uh, monster verse was something that was possible back then. I don't think it's something that's possible now. Like, I agree, but you know, I, I maybe for slightly different reasons. Yeah. I guess I just mean that, um, well, I already said it. Okay, so let's move on to Wolfman. Um, <sighs> Wolfman. Wolfman, right? Okay. First, let's let's say something nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Wolfman, you you had so, some good makeup. <laughs> makeup not bad. Good job, makeup person. Makeup yeah. hair not bad. is pretty makeup, good. Makeup not bad. The transformation not bad. The tra yeah. the transformation is almost good. Mm -hmm. They they got like, I think it's like four or five transitions in there. I think they needed like three or four more to make it smooth enough yeah. to really be viable. But it's a, it was pretty decent for the time. I agree. I, I, very good for, the, uh, you know, better than decent. I would, just, I would say above, way above average. Yeah. At least yeah. I, I don't know for the time, but I would, I bought it. Like at that, if I lived in that time, I would be like, Dan, that's cool. I, I would have been like, that's a really cool effect. I love Dracula's transformation. That was for amazing. Different reasons. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Oh, we didn't talk about Bat. 
we'll talk about bath yeah, time yeah. later. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, Derek, do you have anything to say, say before we get to the moons? Because the many moons, <laughs> the mini moons, the moon problem um, is, the is moon a serious problem. issue we have to yeah, deal the, with. Well, I mean, the moon problem doesn't have to do with him. The it's performance. The it's we don't the, know how many moons there are. Yeah, mm. it's it 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 is like ridiculous. But but before we get to that, uh, <laughs> uh, as far as I understand, um, he he did a lot of crossovers with this. The first, uh, or sorry, when I say crossovers, I mean like he was the Wolfman. Uh, he was established as the Wolfman. In many so he was in the characters. first one, the Wolfman back in 41. It was, just, so, it was just called the Wolfman? Just called the Wolfman. I like this actor, by the way. I thought yeah. he was actually pretty good. I thought he could, he was miscast or whatever. Like he was just too good for this role. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. He could have been good in like a dramatic Western or something. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Everyone was playing their own character in their own movie. So like yeah. in this movie, it kind of all and cobbles I, together. I, I think a lot of the, I, I think there's a lot of ancillary things that do bother me with the performance and it's not really the performance um the ancillary things being like the later thing where they're wearing the, where him and Abbott are outfit. wearing the same outfit totally. and we're like and it's that was just so funny. it's just so there can be the mix up yeah. and that's the only reason yeah. that it's there it's and then that gets company. resolved very quickly yep. too so and then they're just wearing the same outfit for the rest yeah, of the movie. Yeah, for movies. the rest of the movie, there's got to be like a clothes change or something. It reminded me of when um, um, Han Solo and oh no, uh, Lando was basically wearing Han Solo's outfit in Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's like where did you get his clothes? Did no. you just raid the Millennium Falcon and just put on his clothes? Well, I mean, that closet might just be full of that outfit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's like it's like the Wolfman just probably, has a bunch of those shirts. Well, I mean, where also might just be what the captain of the Millennium has to wear. I think no. I think it's I think it's <laughs> you go to like a shop in in like Star Wars mm. and it's smuggler outfit oh, and you pick that right, one and that's right. the that's Give me the Han smuggler Solo number look. three. Yeah, it yeah. is Wednesday, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you want scoundrel or rogue? <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take rogue. Ooh, I'm feeling a bit roguish today. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so let's talk quickly about the moons. Okay, let's get yeah. out of the way. Let's do it. Uh, there so the first one I bought. So the first right. one. Of course, I, sure. The, well, no, the first one I was thinking time zones or something. He was in Europe in the first one. Right. And he got on a plane quick enough and made it here for the next full moon and just fucked himself twice. Well, technically, that's the second one, but okay. I, yeah, I know. I was trying to do the math of like when the moon would <laughs> sure. be where. And like, I got lost in my own fucking Neil deGrasse Tyson thing. I understand. But then this third time it happened. Uh, and then the, <laughs> the fourth, fourth time. time. <laughs> it yeah. Yeah. So let, that leads me to my theory that this movie exists without space and time. Yeah, yeah. This or movie, over several months. This no. movie is, uh, <laughs> if you've no. seen Interstellar, I think it exists in the, um, what's it called? The the, Tessa, the Tesseract. Oh. It exists in, in a dimension above space and yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because- Where it's like pulling the strings and the danglies. Or I also would compare it to another Christopher Nolan movie when they're on the different planet in uh, Interstellar. Oh, it's the same fucking yeah. <laughs> Interstellar. God damn it. <laughs> and his second is an hour. Yeah. So like, you know, time is compressed. Yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, months are days. Or hours in this yeah. case, yeah. which is fine, I guess. It just was a little bit jarring when he did it the fourth time. I mean, if you right. were going to design a monster verse, you would probably make every night a full moon. Yeah. And good point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it, the problem too is okay, so there's a room, there's room to do that in a comedy, but you have to make it a joke. Like you have to do right. more. You have yeah. to dress it. It has Again. to be more than this. Mm. Yeah, totally. And it's not. Yeah. It's the yeah. same thing like the funny moment where, you know, the doctor yeah. gets dumped off the table. 
like the hilarious like <laughs> that's not that a joke that is amazing that, that is, is a great yeah moment. that is yeah Just that is the unintentional joke when they are uh, wheeling him in on the crash cart <laughs> and they just like you think like they're taking such delicate care of him and like ca- cautiously wheeling him in <laughs> they stop it and just dump his ass and it's like you're expecting him to you know keep wheeling or put him over the vent or like do other you know be, bring him in and just, you know, just what the fuck and it just wasn't even played for the laugh yeah but it was great they did cut the right cut at the right time <laughs> yeah they did um, I do want to say a couple more things about Wolfman. I like, okay. I love the character of Wolfman. I think mm-hmm. he's very relatable. It's interesting that he's just turns into a werewolf, you know, once a fucking month. You know, so he's not. You he's mean a, every day? Com- <laughs> nor in a normal universe where the yeah. sun and the earth are in the same yeah. gravitational pull and the moon is in the same tidal pulls, whatever and the, the fucking word is. Yeah. In the I don't know how it works. House and what is that? Uh, Age of Aquarius. Oh, okay. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay. So, so I think that it's interesting, but when you overuse it, it yeah. takes away the whole suspense of it. And you know, the, the nice part of it is when, oh shit, now it's happening. And you, you have to save that moment. And they just kind of blew their, you know, werewolf wad mm. four times. <laughs> Isn't it a metaphor for menstruation? Is it? I, I didn't so. get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was different. It's a, okay. He's growing hair and stuff. Why is that menstruation? Well, it's the, the wild mood swings and the complete change for like one day a month. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that's I, I thought it was, you know, that old school misogyny. Psychologist, I want you to email us in and say what that, tell him what that says about Sean. Right. <laughs> or Jack, or what was or the what, guy's name? What, what the fuck was the guy's name? Freud. Soy, yeah. No, Soy. Freud, if you're out no, there. No, the guy who created the character. Oh, remember, yeah, yeah. I can't even remember now. Yeah, we, we the guy that's it's not Mary Shelley Sid, or Sid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sid Mac. Sid Mac. Sid Mac. Sid Mac. Sid Mac. We're going with Sid Mac. Sid that's Mac. right. That's right. All right. Um, what other characters do I miss? Am I missing? I guess that's it. Oh, the, we should talk about Bride of Frankenstein, man. but she just gets thrown out the window. Uh, it says not past the Bechdel she test. That's she wasn't sure. the Bride of Frankenstein. Then. No, we she kept wasn't. expecting her to be, and she had yeah. the hair. And the hair kept getting bigger. I didn't quite get she her motivation. She was the insurance inspector. Okay. Which, that's a whole different whoa, thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was a different... The woman oh, who the got was thrown... The, the, the blonde was the insurance yeah. inspector. The, the other woman was uh, the one right. who was going to take was the his doctor. brain. Yeah, she doctor. was the one that had Dr. Okay. Frankenstein's manual and knew how uh, yeah. to raise the dead. But, and she was going to be the one that put Willie's brain why into... Was she, why was she working for them? Was, I think he said that you, you owe me a debt or something. There was an illusion... Dracula said. There was an illusion to she was a wanted, wanted person or on the run or something. And like he was hiding her or taking care of her or something. Oh. I feel like there was something that was cut out of the script or something. Yeah. Was, so she's confusing. not actually dead too, right? Because she's we don't thrown, know. Out she's the thrown out the window, window yeah. but oh, she's already window. been bit. No, but Dracula uh, bites oh, her earlier. So but she's, we don't see her. I definitely nah, expected her to end up being the bride of Frankenstein. I thought um, they all were coming back. I thought it, basically yeah. the rule is if you don't see them die on screen, they're coming back. I thought like, yeah. Fra- Frankenstein was coming back at the end. We didn't see him die. We saw him right. get burned, but he well, fell into the water. I think they all do come back in their own movies. Uh, right. so they got to leave the, all these open Yeah, it's the monster verse. Like if yeah. Abbott and Costello just killed them off, that I would just, be- I just, that would, <laughs> that that would, would be, be hilarious. Oh my God, that'd be awesome. Just the, it all ends here, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Abbott and Costello are the Thanos of the 40s. That'd be yeah. amazing. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on, Sean. I think it's about that time to Uh-oh. Uh-oh. play ourselves a game. 
Oh, Jesus. There we go. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready to play the most wondrously fantabulous game to ever be thrust forth in the bowels of the internet? The only game in the world where I look up the numbers and you guess the numbers and we talk about the movies and we guess the gross. So today we are going to be talking about horror comedies. Horror, horror comedies. comedies. Horror. Not comedies about horrors. Horror comedy. So mm. first up, gentlemen, we have some interviews with some vampires. In 2014, directed by Mr. Tekawatiti and uh, Jim Clement, uh, what we do in the shadows. Jermaine. Jermaine. Oh, Jermaine. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Flight uh, of the Concords. Yeah. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah. What this we is do such in a cult shadows. hit. It is. It I've is. actually never seen it. I've just heard great things it's about it. It's great. And it I've is only, so funny. I've only recently become a fan of Taika Waititi. Uh, yeah, this one stars Jermaine and Taika and Johnny Burrow and... Uh, no other names I really recognize, but it's pretty good. I liked it. Uh, Joey, it what do you think I made? Twenty-four. Twenty-four, a million dollars, says Joey. And Derek, six million. Six million. Uh, this one, uh, Derek is going to take this one. It came in at three point four wow. million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Colt hit. It yeah. is, you know, it's the that. series is actually pretty good too. Heard if you guys haven't that seen too, that, yeah. that's pretty funny too. All right, gentlemen, nut up or shut up. In 2019, directed by Ruben Fleischer, we have a, a 2009, sorry, a Zombie Land. 2009? Zombie Is that how you say it? 2009. 2009. 2009. <laughs> 2009. <laughs> yep. This, the uh, first Zombie Land. The first Zombie Land, 2009, of course. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> 2009. Woody, <laughs> everyone calls it that. Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, Abigail Brislow, Amber Heard. Oh, Amber Heard. She's in. Uh, Bill Murray, you know. Oh, is that a spoiler to say Bill Murray was in it? Um, anyways. Well, you just did. Yeah. That's why I asked. Uh, so, gentlemen, not up or shut up. Derek, how much did it make? 104 million. 104, says Derek. And Joey? 76. 76 million dollars. Joey, you were almost spot on there. That came in at 75.5 a million dollars. Well done, sir. Yep. All right, gentlemen. Next up on the list. No mercy, no shame, no sequel. Oh, that's funny. I didn't realize that. Hmm. Uh, in 2000, directed by Mr. Keenan Ivory Waynes, we have Scary Movie. Funnily enough, there was a sequel, but this is the original Scary Movie. Yeah. Uh, scary Movie. Scariest Scary Movie. One of them was funny because they had the they had um, David Cross in it and Chris Elliott with the hand. Is that the second one? Third one? Uh, yeah, that sounds like the I remember liking this first one. The first one was uh, pretty good. Carmen Electra. Leslie uh, Nielsen is in some of those, right? No, I think he's not. No, Leslie really? Nielsen's in. Wow, okay. I thought. I can neither confirm nor deny know. this rumor. Okay, well, we'll look it up later. Joey, how much did it make? 60. $60 million, Derek. $81 million. 81, says Derek. Uh, you guys have very little faith in this one. It came in at 150. 157. My wow. 157. Wow. wow, that's million. Back, back then, that's huge. Yeah. That is really cool. huge hit. I mean, it was fucking big. It, it was, was a big. Cult hit. I mean, it wasn't just a cult hit, it was a cultural hit. Yeah. And that's why there were like three sequels. And Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. I mean, I think 81 million is big. Yeah. But well, especially for a horror comedy, yeah. that is a lot of money. Trevor is crazy. All right, gentlemen. Yeah. Get up, live your day, get killed again. In 2017, Groundhog directed Day. by Christopher Landon, we have Happy Death Day. 
happy death day. 2016? 2017. The first 17. one. Yeah, the second one came out last year, but Eef. the first one was 2017. Jessica Roth is real. Joey, how much did happy death day make? 87. 87 million dollars. And Derek? 42 million dollars. 42 million dollars. This one came in at 55 million dollars. Derek does edge out the win there. All right, gentlemen, last up on the list. He's guaranteed to put some life in your afterlife in 1988. Directed by Mr. Tim Burton, Mm. we have the one, the only, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Ooh, Beetlejuice. 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 Which, if you're unaware, the actual Beetlejuice might be about to uh, go supernova anytime now. So, you know, keep your eyes out for eternal sunshine. Um, But anyways, uh, this one stars Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, uh, Annie Michael Keaton, of course. Um, How much did it make, Derek? $63 million. $63 million. And Joy? 106. 106. Uh, this one, again, Derek takes it. This one came in at $74 million. Wow. And Derek kicked your ass. And gentlemen, thank you for playing the most wondrously fantabulous game on the internet. Yes, there goes. Well, yeah, he kicked Not ass. unanimous, though. You no, got one. Almost. He, you he, got one. He edged out one. Yeah, yeah. you got one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll I'm going to figure out this Leslie Nielsen thing while, we, while the show moves <laughs> on. <laughs> Well, the show does move on. As long as you're taking care of important business. Yeah, over right? There. And, you know, it's a good time because you usually leave anyway. During oh, yeah, that's true. I'll, so segment. I'll look this up and I'll leave. Yeah. I'll do both. Right on. Bye, Derek. Yeah. We'll right. talk about the Hey, sound. Google. Was uh, Leslie Nielsen in any movies? <laughs> now they, they can just Google themselves. Yeah. So, Sean, uh, what did you think about the music in this movie? Um, did you notice it? Not really. Um, I, you know, it was there, there were some moods and especially like, again, it's kind of that thing where they're making each of these separate movies. So they're doing like the slightly lighter comedy version of each of these horror movies and they all kind of had their themes and motifs or whatever. Mm. And they, I'm sure they were probably fairly consistent, but like, I didn't really notice or care. I actually didn't notice too many motifs, honestly. Mm. There were some. They, they were just, they weren't, they were more generic motifs. Yeah, like yeah. horror movie, you're scared, yeah, yeah. mystical stuff is happening. Um, I liked it. The music by Frank Skinner, I want to give him a shout out. I liked, I thought it was really dramatic and epic. I thought there was really nice timing. It was mm. one of, it was a really just great example of a typical studio soundtrack or a typical yeah, yeah. studio orchestration because they clearly were, Careful with their editing and their rhythmic cutting, the and mood I liked was that. where it would, where it needed to be yeah. when it needed. There to be There was no there. music that was out of place. Yeah, yeah exactly. and it, it was not a ten. It was not a nine, but it was maybe a seven or an eight. Totally. And, and it was, and I was really impressed with that. Um, apart from that, I really did like the dialogue. It sounded good. Mm. Now the ADR, the sync of it, even the ADR was decent. Oh, it like, sounded very good. Yeah, there was a few moments of out of sync yeah, issues. I'll yeah. oh, forgive it. It's totally. forty eight. I really just did like the sound in general, and. It's tough to deal with Costello because he is a rangy motherfucker. <laughs> quiet, go quick, and he's improving the whole time. I bet this, the scene when he is in the stockade and he's yelling at the girl and then whispering to Junior, Junior, and then Lady, and then Junior, and then Jesus Christ. Like. And I just keep thinking about the amplifiers they totally. have in '48. They were way more forgiving than our digital stuff, unless you're in those ways. Apparently. But that you could hear some distortion. It was tape distortion, but you yeah. could hear it. Yeah, uh, yeah. it. Whenever he says pretty much anything about 
above whatever, <laughs> you know, his normal voice. Totally. He's just such a screechy voice. Um, but I liked it. I thought he was really nice the way he sounded. Um, even just generally, all the dialogue was really clear. I, yeah. I, I was really nice for 48. I think really special. Um, and, that, and maybe that's just the studio sound, you know, kudos yeah, to Universal. Exactly. I guess. For yeah, having a system that works. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't like a few of the sound effects. Wolfman's Roar. I don't know if you caught that one. Yeah, it was a little lame. A little really tame. lame. It was yeah. like a cat. Yeah. Oh, and it was like, he's a wolf, not a little cheetah. Yeah, it was more like a uh, a, like, a panther or yeah. like a cheetah or something. It's like yeah. he's the opposite. He's a big dog, not a big cat. That's a good point. Piss me off. Yeah. Well, whatever. That's the only thing. But, Do you know if that was if that is the standard sound from Wolfman? You know, I don't. Like, and maybe I they have to do it. Yeah, that's possible. Like, it's like the it's like the Star Wars bullshit now. Totally. They have to make every freaking starship the Millennium Falcon sound. Yeah, like don't mm. you, you can you can make your own sound. No. You don't have to keep copying the same sound effect. It's IOM. They've got their bank. They're not going anywhere. It's, it's a member, Barry. <laughs> you know? Like anything, sound is definitely connected to memory. And, oh, without a doubt. Uh, if you hear those sound effects, it's only second to smell. I bet all of you can actually right now listen to in your brains the sound of the Millennium Falcon losing power, trying to go to hyperspace <laughs> and failing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, so the music's good. Dialogue was pretty good. Sound effects were good. It's such an above average sound movie. So I just want to give that uh, all there was. Shout Derek, out. do you want to say uh, anything about the sound? Anything special to you? Um, I wanted to say that Leslie Nielsen was in <laughs> Scary Movie 3 and go. 4. Uh, wow. Man. He lived yeah. a long time. Yeah. And that Scary Movie 3 did $220 million at the box office. Damn, so son. they went bigger and they went harder, bigger. Yeah. Well done. Nice. I do remember one of the scary movies. I can't remember which one. One of my favorite, like, just things. Uh, there is a scene where they're like at the movie theater, and then they go into the bathroom, and the bathroom is all the urinals, but they have one of those uh, uh, carnival horse racing things. Mm. So you're peeing into the clown's mouth, and everyone's racing. That was fantastic. I always wanted one of those. Um, I really don't have anything else to say about the sound. <laughs> So thanks, Sean, for that uh, stopgap. Yep. Well done. Uh, and we're going to move to you anyway. Uh, and you're going to tell us about how this movie looked. I just told you. <laughs> no, I mean. I, it made oh, me, not scary movie? Yeah, no. yeah, you know, the one we watched. Oh, yeah. This movie here, this one right here is, um, yeah, you know, that's one thing. Like, I, like I've been saying, they have did the different styles, but they also kept them comedic. So like when we first meet uh, uh, Dracula and the Wolfman, it's in the uh, Madame Tussauds, whatever, the you know Wax Museum, House of Horrors thing yeah. or whatever. And it's lit like dark and kind of moody. And then the lights go out and they're going by candlelight. But it also is comedically lit in that we can see everything. Yeah. So we have contrast, we have light and dark, but there's not a place that in the screen that goes completely dark like you would in a real horror movie. So it kind of maintains this like little thing, which unfortunately I think does it some detriment because there's moments where like uh, Dracula is supposed to be hiding in the shadows and covering his face and it's just like clearly lit and he's back there and there's like no way they're not seeing this dude. Yeah. So it does, you know, that comedic lighting does 
does kind of hurt that suspension of disbelief a couple of times in some of these moments. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, it I, it is a hard balance to strike because a comedic horror is like, you know, you especially if it's one of the first comedic horror movies, like <laughs> how do you tell the audience that, you know, this is funny and scary at the same time? And mm-hmm. that is, you know, two very juxtaposed ideas. Right. Um, like we mentioned, though, there were some really nice uh, uh, backdrops and some use of um, uh, painting or matte paintings and things. Um, the uh, the castle Grayskull that fucking <laughs> uh, uh, Dracula lives in, I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, just that the way that you know they painted it, and then they had the the live sort of boat pier that they got up to, and that mixing stuff. Like they, you know, I didn't expect as much of that. Uh, that effects work that they did, like the transition that we mm-hmm. talked about for the bat, um, you know, his go like going to from a uh, uh, a puppet bat on strings that you could see transitioning to cartoon and then like rotoscope cartoon into the fucking uh, uh, Bela Lugosi. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, it was kind of like ahead of its time and very like, smooth. Yeah, yeah really so. smooth and like if it wasn't quite as cartoony if it was drawn just a little bit more accurately mm. it's exactly what we do today i mean mm. it is the I, I it's really kind of the predecessor for like a lot of the way our visual effects work now yeah, yeah. better than birdemic <laughs> yeah yeah we did still still see some strings on the bats i yeah. love yeah. the bat with strings the bat was, okay yeah. i could Great. watch someone marionetting a bat for hours <laughs> Call me crazy. Uh, I don't care. In the the uh, shot where uh, the lady Dracula tries to uh, seduce our hero, uh, and you can see the bat flapping in her yeah, eyes. Yeah, it's a uh, you know just simple, stuff. but like really, really just nice. I still, <laughs> I still, after watching the whole movie, remember the first shot of the movie with mm. the Wolfman guy like looking outside mm-hmm. and the the lighting on his face was like really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Aside from that, I don't remember any other shot. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So that's something, you know. You're making me. You're making me constantly come back to this point. That I think the star of this movie is Universal Studios. Yeah, yeah. Is they just really nailed? They know sh- how to make a movie. They know how to make great <laughs> yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the script is pretty shitty. The yeah. acting is just Costello right. and blah 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 blah. And everything. But else you show there. up and the crew will take care of you. My God, <laughs> but but they yeah. did a good job lighting a comedy for a horror movie. They did a yeah. good job with design. You know, it's just all yeah. around really well. I um I also really um. What else can I say about this? I like just the the production design as well. The mm-hmm. uh, the Frankenstein's lair, not lair, the laboratory. You know yeah. that all those little kind of effects, the yeah. little all like, the electricity. Fare, but yeah, but it was lovely. nice. Yeah. It's just really you know all the nice sparkies touches. and the tubes and the smoke mm. and the bubbles and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was all great. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess there's nothing else to say about the camera. There were some nice dolly shots, actually. I noticed some yeah. nice tracking shots. Again, the cinematography was decent. Like they and again the. The thing I always like about comedy or the thing that, you know, comedy kind of has to do is a good wide shot. Like comedy lives in wides and comedy lives in like that, you know, that big space and playing with mm-hmm. the area. And a wide shot is really one of the hardest things to make cinematic because you need that production design. Yeah. You need to actually position things in a way that looks good on screen. And to me, a lot of that worked. Like it was well 
orchestrated and just well-composed shots that, again, it goes back to just fucking universals. Yeah. People are just nailing their shit. Like, uh, <laughs> I also want to credit the grip department for some really good practical effects. Yeah. Especially mm. uh, when uh, Costello in the beginning jumps on the, uh, the way, you know, back and forth, the waving uh, boxes. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, Of just the, you know, and it goes back and forth. They clearly like had to rig up some really cool function and mechanical device yeah. there. In a few different ways too, because the first time he's standing on it and he's attached, like it's got to be like the Michael Jackson moonwalk shoes or not the moonwalk but that you know the him his patented shoes where he can like lean forward right. all the way yeah, yeah. and you know and then it goes to a, where he's like attached by his waist and then he like tumbles off yeah. it so they had to you know they rigged that up a few different yeah. times to make that come together uh one more is when he's on the i guess it's a gurney and it's spinning mm. and we're kind of covered like i think there's like some i forget what's what's blocking us in the foreground, Just some foreground shit. yeah, yeah, so yeah. Foreground, but you can't see it but there's clearly something on the bottom either spinning it he's not like a big lazy susan essentially it's, but, but it's yeah. pretty cool the way they yep. did it and mm. it's just very i don't know well done i guess and again studio shit but yeah. you know that you're right that big lazy susan in the middle of this cool set is pretty goddamn yeah. impressive the other one that we pointed out though that was kind of i don't know disappointing or at least uh distracting is at the end when they're rowing the boat to nowhere mm -hmm. so the boat is like obviously in like two inches of water and it's like cemented in place That's true. and they're just rowing and the water is like not moving and, and nothing's happening but he keeps yeah. rowing for no reason you know it's funny it's because i think about that studio in warner brothers is the fucking huge one where they put all the water yeah you know I, yeah. I don't and i guess it must have been made in maybe the 60s or 70s they probably you mean just, universal yeah or is it universal the big back. oh but yeah they had the big tank one well universal's got the tank but they also have that big uh green screen blue screen thing that's outside with a kind of like oh, uh, I know cement pit about. in front of yeah. it that yeah. they do all of the the water and war stuff and things yeah. like that i just wonder if they didn't i don't think they had that in 48 so i was like i guess that's, that's they didn't the have the green water. screen up but yeah <laughs> i'm sure they had a water pit somewhere <laughs> yeah why yeah. could they just go to some location is really that hard to go to a lake around la it's way cheaper to go to the fucking back lot I know. They also had to rig up the thing for the Invisible Man, so oh, that yeah. would complicate yeah. it too. Yeah. Can't do uh, that in the middle of a lake as no. easily. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, interestingly, so we haven't talked about uh, Mr. M McDougal in this. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen that actor before, though. He's in, uh, he actually is- He's the owner of the House of Horrors. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's movie. the House of Horrors in this movie. He's also Marshall Williams in Johnny Guitar that when we watched. Uh, so that's where we Well, now to be honest, no one has seen the Johnny Guitar episode because that is a lost episode. Oh, that's the lost episode. Breakdown. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, that's one uh, of the lost Caesar. episodes, yeah. guys. But you know what? Well, watch Johnny Guitar. It's a good should. movie. They should. Interesting. Yeah, they Old should. movie. They should. We'll bring Andrew <laughs> back to, to do another one. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew. Johnny again. Johnny Guitars again. <laughs> I'd watch Johnny Guitar. I, I bet we'll it do again. it better. You know. We would do it better. We mm. would be, you know, second viewing, so we'd know more. Second verse, same as the first. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, we don't really have too much left to do. Uh-oh. No. We have a, uh, I, could, I could give you guys a review. Oh, that sounds tempting. If it's mm. a good one. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty good it one. It better be. Uh, it gives kind of a concept that I want to kind of talk about. Uh oh. So it's, it's going to be review into errata, mm. so to speak. All right. Lead us. Uh, yeah, so, um, Er Lawson, with a dash in their name. Er. Exactly. 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. on the IMDb, 20th it, of November, 2009. Eric Wheeler alias? Mm, it could be possible. Um, 
20th of November, 2009. So no, uh, Eric wasn't born yet. Um, no. Saw this when I was a kid hmm. Hmm. is the yeah. title. Here's the review. I saw this movie for the first time when I was eight years old. I lived in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, a local station played this movie at 9 a.m. for a full week. It was during the summer, and me and my friends would gather in my living room and watch it while my mom made us breakfast. A great memory of my childhood. Abbott and Costello were among our favorites, and as Sean messes up his hand there, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> they, were among, they were among our favorites, and we watched all of their meat meat movies. I guess they had a series of yeah, like yeah. meat. Frankenstein so, meets the Invisible oh, Man. Uh, or, yeah. Abbott and Costello meet the Abbott, Invisible Man. Yeah. Abbott and Costello meet blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was by far the best. Looking back now, I can't believe that we were scared of these monsters. <laughs> I wish this would play more often. My grandsons would love to watch this and it wouldn't be so scary for them. I recommend this movie for anyone that wants to enjoy a classic B movie. Now, we had talked about the fact that that um, that of course Bella Lugosi and, and a bunch of these people are like classically known for playing these mm-hmm. monster roles, um, and that he'd only done it once before this. This was the second Lugosi. time doing it. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the one of the reasons why is like because people who were kids then right yeah. watched this thing. Right. And it was still scary enough that it left a memory mm. on their childhood. Because I'm sure you guys can remember like a scary movie from your childhood that-, that Large Marge. It, yeah. It's like, whatever. Yeah. It's into your mind. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think that that's one of the reasons that affects that, right? That's one of the reasons why we, we have such a kind of, we know these names in a nostalgic way because that generation is shared with us, yeah. the nostalgia of these actors portraying those things. Um, that's all I had to say about that. Well, yeah, no, that, I mean, that is an extremely valid point in that, like, w- there is unfortunately just this everlasting, um, every generation thinks that their childhood was the glory days. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. you know, classic cars are 20 years old because that's when people can afford the car that they thought was cool when they were a kid. Right. Like, it, right. that's just a, it's something that is constantly going on. And then when your parents bring you up and they think that this is the classic, then this is, you know, a classic once removed, which starts to lose a little bit of its shine, but still has some power. Yeah, yeah. I think all the nostalgia adds to the absurdity of the, the comedy and yeah. that, that mm. makes it all the better. Um, True. And even though I think this movie does kind of fail, it, the idea is great. Yeah. You know, the idea is there and obviously it, it's a missed opportunity, I guess, if anything, because it is pretty cool, you know, and again, 1948 to take, you know, what people scared kids and turn it on its head. You know, that is an interesting, yeah. you know, just the parody movie in itself. You know, I love Mel Brooks movies. I've been talking to, earlier but to Sean about, I wish there was more modern Mel Brooks parodies, mm. you know. Mm. Scary Movie, we even mentioned, was one of the only modern ones I can think of that really succeeded. Yeah, and right. it started to get progressively worse and worse. Honestly, I don't, I can't even think of a parody movie in the last like 10 years. Well, they're all like shitty, like movie 43 or like, mm. not another teen movie was another shitty one, but That's it was still like- more than 10 years ago. Yeah, and I kind of liked that one, but it was- yeah. yeah, right. 15 years ago, at least. Yeah. So I think that it's just maybe something kind of lost, but, but maybe you need that a little bit of time for a generation to kind of grow the, attached to certain characters and then completely subvert it. So kind of a, a side rant here, but I fear that we might be in a place where 
uh, parody movies just don't make financial sense anymore, mainly just because of the bifurcation and niche culture yeah. that we have now. Mm. There is no like, you know, back in the day, the Wolfman movie came out and that was the only movie in the theater for Everyone eight months. Wolfman. And yeah, everyone's going to go see that movie. These days, you know, how many new shows are recommended by your friends on Netflix every fucking day? Like there is right. way too much to watch and yeah. way too much to have that shared culture. I was just a parody yeah. that just becomes that much more difficult. I was thinking about all the villains and if you start naming them, you realize that they're like specific to specific shows. Uh, you know, the villain from Stranger Things. I haven't even watched Stranger Things, mm. but I know what he looks like. But like, there's the a lot Demi of people Gorgon. that don't know that. So you imagine like putting him in a movie like this. You're exactly, like, yeah. You know, you're appealing to what, 10% of the audience? Yep. How is that working? No, Dracula is 99.9% .9 of the world knows Dracula. Yeah. You know, yeah. that yep. works. What's the uh, Guillermo del Toro movie with the fish guy or whatever? Um, Shape of water yeah shape of water so you stick the shape of water guy into a movie and like you know there's going to be 10 percent that are going to absolutely yeah. recognize Is he it a but villain? No, i thought he was not i don't know i didn't you know but i'm just saying like these sort of like <laughs> okay. monster sort of creatures sure, sure, sure. like we still have these things but they have no more nowhere near the um, cultural impact that they did you right? know actually it's funny now that i'm thinking about it the only thing i can think about is godzilla mm. and his friends but mm. again godzilla is still the uh, you know, it was established back then. It was established in the 60s and 50s. It works, like, yeah. And that's that's still, we still have that same name recognition. It's not like a new monster that right. is, you know, I, I, I just don't think any monster created in the last, you know, 20 years yeah. is that recognizable. If anything, you're right. It proves the point. Because yeah. it's it's a, a creation from so long ago. Yeah. That, and it's the only one that I can think of that kind of is doing that. And it's movies only live on nostalgia right now. Like mm. they're, they're not great, but they still make money because people love the idea of Godzilla and they will show up and pay to see it. Yeah. I, I think it's also a, th a creature, lo a love of creatures. Yeah, Maybe totally. that's a specific thing. And I think you mentioned Guillermo del Toro. He, Guillermo del Toro yeah. is one of the only ones. He's doing a lot of that. To do yeah. that kind of creature not horror comedy it's a lot you know I mean yeah they're, they're not I even like really the villains them. but they're you know, they are creatures yeah like, you know um, I'm trying to think of what's the one that was really good the, his first Pan's one Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth yeah. it wasn't it was horror but it wasn't quite you right. know it yeah. was had some different elements to it. Um, I think that he's probably the only one. And even the Pacific Rim I think he did the first Pacific yeah. Rim yeah. is kind of like that. You know I think if you like uh, but they're not well, I, like the ring girl, you could probably throw into something and yeah. that would be resonant enough. Um, you know, but still. That's a lot of time still, ago too. Yeah. yeah. Jigsaw, yeah in fact, Jigsaw in, in 30 fact, years ago too, early, 20 years early ago. 2000s. Yeah. The, the ring, ring I, girl was apparently, like I was looking at this, when I was looking up this Leslie Nielsen mm. thing, that was in Scary Movie 3 oh, apparently. Yeah, yeah. It starts with that. So totally. they were parodying, like, yeah. like that's a pre-2003 reference totally. now, you know, which yeah. is- so Getting to be 20, yeah. 20 years ago. God rule. You know what's interesting too is I feel like there's a trend in horror movies that are getting away from creatures, yeah. like the paranormal activity. Honestly. Or just like the, the you know, that's haunted house. Or, would, you, know, you can't see the, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I've been seeing a shitload of movies recently and I've seen a lot of horror movies that I didn't want to see. And one trend I'm definitely noticing is mental disorder as mm. the horror. Like either people with mental disorder or like being in the, body of someone that is having a mental disorder and having this breakdown wow. like the horror comes from like the the delusions and the um sort of psychosis you go through rather than like outside forces it's interesting that you say it's a point of view kind of thing it's a fear of becoming yeah insane 
Yeah. Which it, is also, I'm not crazy about because it, it feels like it's stigmatizing. Yeah, it, it seems very anti-mental disorder-ish. Yeah. I'm surprised that in this PC world that is allowed to be like such a common trope through all of these movies that I've been seeing recently. I think it's hard. It would be harder to do something like these now without it being comedy. Yeah. Because I, I just don't think, I don't think people are going to, yeah, people are not going to take this like seriously. No yeah. Monsters are you just hard I mean? to make believable. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, zombies are kind of still in that believable classification, but. But even that's it, kind of getting old at yep. this point. And you see it kind of, you know, like Zombieland, Zombieland 2 it, yeah. is coming, you know? It's already out. It's uh, out. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, even it was like watch six it. months ago. It's not okay. great. Well, but, it was yeah. out, guys. Either I was way. trying to think of Go a Go, don't watch it. <laughs> of a, I was trying to think of a Marvel example. Mm. Um, they're making the Loki show. Which is kind of interesting because uh-huh. he's not really a villain. He's Loki kind of a villain. He's a frenemy, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, but you know, if Thanos and Loki had their own show, you know, you know that kind of thing. Well, could we have the bad guys of the Marvel movies team up and into make a comedy? Hmm. Oh, like a Deadpool, like Deadpool meets you know Thanos. You know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, to me, that's it, like, it probably has to be the Deadpool style. Well, yeah, that's that's the glory and what was the promise of the Star Wars being bought by Disney? Yeah. Like the idea that we could have this sort of right. palette that we could use to make all of these different types of movies and yeah. like different combinations of things. Like the Mandalorian is probably the closest to realizing that dream, and it's like yeah. only you know it's only okay, and everyone is losing their shit over it. A, pod, a podcast yeah. I love uh, called Binge Mode, they just did a Star Wars one and they were talking about shows that theoretically they could do in Disney Plus in mm-hmm. the Star Wars universe. And one of them was Young Yoda mm-hmm. and they call it Fucks He Does because he would be like a pimp, you know, mm-hmm. not a pimp, you know, a Casanova. Yeah. He would be like having sex all the time. Totally. And, and we find that out because of Baby Yoda. Yeah, you yeah. know, he's mm-hmm. he's really just, you know, planting his Maybe yeah. you had a seed all over them. He's just kind of everywhere. A, a horrible person, really. Think, <laughs> I mean, well, most of, if you really think about the Jedis, they were not necessarily the heroes. They are not, <laughs> not the heroes George at all. tried to warn yeah. us in the prequels. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about that, honestly. What, as far as? Just Star Wars in general. His hands are you guys tied by Star corporate Wars. culture. It, no, well, not necessarily uh, I that. I just I, I, uh, as he again, wears his Disneyland shirt. Oh, no, no again, not. I think that I think that the reason why those things are good is because they're going back to the things that in like the reason why Mandalorian is good. Going back to the things that yeah. establish like basics. yeah, back to his inspirations mm-hmm. for it. And then if you do that, then you're gonna you know you're gonna probably find something in that. You know? Well, that that's kind of my whole point is that it, right now it is just so up its own ass and the inspiration for new Star Wars is old Star yeah. Wars, whereas the promise of Disney Star Wars could was that we would get all these different inspirations. We would make mm-hmm. a Guy Ritchie movie. We can would you, make a fucking- Can you imagine a, a comedy in the Star Wars universe? Oh, fuck yeah. I mean- What was the, clo- what was the funniest Star Wars movie? Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, probably not even. Uh, have you watched yeah. Spaceballs recently? No, it does, I haven't. It's so slow. Like yeah. the the moments that you remember are great, but it takes forever yeah, to get to those moments. Um, I you know Solo is it's uh, it doesn't work. It doesn't succeed, but right. it's the closest yeah. to that. It's that yeah. comedic. It's the most yeah. comedic tone. I exactly. actually was about to say Solo. Um, because of the the character yeah. of Han, he is yeah. just the, the just comedic character. Fucking Glover is just a you know charismatic fucking fool. 
Yeah, mm. that was great. I also thought the droid was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Droid was pretty droid good. Droid fucking, thought. that's comedy. Like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I think that that dro- the actor who plays the droid is famous now. She She's- She's Brianna Tarth. No, 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 no. no she's um, she's Fleabag, right? It's Fleabag. She wrote, yeah, she wrote, Rachel. Uh, I don't Phoebe, remember her last name. Phoebe. Phoebe something. I'm sorry. Damn it. Yeah. Phoebe something. Hmm. Damn it. Okay. Well, yeah, you could Google. Um, it. <laughs> but but um, do you think they could do that with this? They go back to basics because I was looking through like because Even the Marvel or the uh, the monster with the monster verse or with, with any any of the monster properties at all. No, I don't no? you're saying no go way. back to Bram Stoker, go back go to back Mary to, Shirley. yeah, go back to the ba- like they just the origin. I mean, it literally just it. tried and failed. I don't understand what the yeah, issue is. Yeah, I th- I think what you do is but you the take- mummy is. You know, like the mummy. Do you, they Tom I, Cruise. I think you do Seven Samurai with Frankenstein, or you do, you know, you you bring in mm. these other sort of, you know, like like fucking Star Wars was built on. You you build it on these bricks of other things and put right. your universe on top right. of it. So I I think you could just like any property could be successful if it is written and done well. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, it, you know, true. it's just so much schlock is out there that people think that like the concept is a failure, but it's like no. You just wrote a shitty movie. There are good elements to this thing. You just needed to do about four more passes on the script, and we would have something that people would actually like. I'll give you a f- for instance about this. So uh, apparently Dracula in the original can actually go out during the day, mm. and he just like loses his abilities, and he can uh, only transform he's at certain- He's a normal certain, dude at day. He's a normal dude oh, at day. Gotcha. And like that's something- Superman. Yeah, that's <laughs> something that, of course- we like it's chain it got changed at some point and mm. then they stuck so much with the change since that every iteration after that has been yeah. this set of rules and so you know if you go back to the source material and then you give us these new rules i don't i mean do you think people would accept that or is it like so established now that it's like you know, breaking that rule would like really- screw. Some people are very canonical, you know? Mm. They, you know, it, it depends. Maybe it's like saying some people will only believe what George Lucas said. Some people will now go the extra universe, extended universe. But I also would compare it more to like a Greek myth, you mm-hmm. know, where they kind of just build on it every yeah, every right. couple, you know, decade or so. You know, we talk yeah. about Hercules and what he did. Oh, maybe he now Hercules did this, yeah. you know? Mm. I think it's almost like that. I think uh, because, it, you know- he, uh, I don't know how long ago Mary Shelley was. What's that, 19th century, I'm assuming? Mm-hmm. And then how many iterations of Frankenstein yeah. have there been? What, yeah. five, six, seven, 10, yeah, 20? Each one is adding their own little thing, especially like werewolves, I, you know, the silver bullet. Who the fuck decided silver? That's, yeah. It's just probably mm-hmm. one random dude who's just like, I got to find a bullet that will work. Yep. Yeah. And, then, well, and everyone has to do silver now. Yeah, it's right. totally way more in the telling. It's, you know, uh, zombies were slow as shit for, you know, decades. And then all of a sudden someone decided to make fast zombies and people said that's stupid. And then, nope. Fast zombies are just a thing now. Is this a world of fast zombies or slow zombies? Right. You know, we would just got like sort of bifurcations of the different types of mythology. So as long as the story is told well and you establish the rules right. of your universe, I don't think audiences have a problem switching between any rule sets. As long as you yourself as the writer are consistent and establish them well enough to be understood without hitting people over the head. Yeah. Um, Twilight films. Never saw them. Don't care about them. Never read the books, obviously. Don't give Sparkly, a shit. Vampires. But yeah, they made vampires popular again. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. They. I mean, there's not just that. There was other shit, but they, you know, there was other have, TV shows and stuff. You know, I feel didn't like they there was also a, make Fifty Shades of Grey. 
did they? I don't I know. I believe Fifty Shades is Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. So uh, maybe, I don't know. Took the characters. There's a whole weird um, copyright law thing in there because it's uh, the Twilight people actually sued the Fifty Shades of Grey people because of copyright infringement. And the judge basically said that the characters are so vague and unspecific that it couldn't qualify as copyright infringement right. because yeah. there's just nothing to script about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there have been some good, like, like there have been good movies with like vampires, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Let the right ones in. Oh yeah, it's really good. Lost uh, Boys. That Lost Boys, but well, that was a while ago. I, I just meant like even oh, recently. recently. Yeah. Um, but I, within the last yeah. ten or fifteen, I, I Let the Right Ones in maybe like longer than ten years ago yeah, now. I, so, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah. But um, there was also the Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. That um, that one's pretty good too. Um, so the in the serious telling of vampires, there are some yeah. pretty good movies, you know. Um, but as far as Dracula iterations, obviously, there's there's but you mentioned Dracula t- 2000, which yeah. was terrible. Yeah, but you there mentioned was, two foreign films. I, I did find mention, interesting. Well, true. one of them what is... What is it that Americans can't find figure out about We don't horror. know where Transylvania is. <laughs> so, so Let the Right Ones In did get... Uh, um, that did actually... There was a remake that was done here. In the U.S., um, it's which I it's don't similar know. name. Let so, let it in. Let let, let, let me let them in, in or something. Or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think that. I think that we don't necessarily take these things seriously anymore, right? Yeah. I think that that may be a even a cultural thing at this point because. Yeah. Um. So I think that. Uh. That 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 being said, there are probably so. Th- you know, because I mean, but these days the news is scarier than yeah, most. Of yeah, is that true? <laughs> maybe Americans just desensitize. Maybe, shit? maybe is that possible. Our news is so yeah. That, I mean, violent. we see such scary stuff and deal with it like in a constant basis. But I, but I, like, I don't believe that we're more is, that much more seeing more violent shit than Sweden or something. You know, no, I, but I think definitely than they did in the fifties. Like TV news in the fifties was very scrubbed sure. and very sterilized. Whereas now, you know, we had to make a law to not show body bags, <laughs> like. Yeah. We have to, you know, there's always, you, you know, even if you're just up too late, you're going to see those uh, infomercials about starving children and like the horrid things that you can donate your money to. Like we are yeah. constantly bombarded with the horrors of the real world. We also, I think, have a tendency to, if we're going to set something, if, if we're going to have vampires in a thing, we're going to make it about that. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think those two other films, the story isn't actually about that. Like let the right ones in is... Kind of like a, right, a, a love story, like kind of mm. a growing up love story and yeah. about bullying and things like that. And and it just happens to have a vampire in it, sort of, gotcha. you know? It could be told even without that, just mm. about. Um, so I, 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 think that, I think that also we need to, we would need to get back to establishing what these things mean yeah. or what they could potentially mean to us, you know? Yeah. Like- what is a what is the purpose of a vampire? A vampire right. is somebody who's very charismatic, right? Somebody who kind of like attracts attention to themselves and uh and you know, they have this ability to just, you know, you just immediately are attracted to them yeah. and you don't know why. And I think that that as a general universal concept 
could be you could attribute that mm-hmm. to a good movie. You know? Sure. I, I mean, zombies but, too. There's a lot there. Yeah. Well, basically, they're good vessels. Yeah. This gets into the sort of ebb and flow of horror genres in general, because throughout history, like we get these rises and falls of different types of things that scare us. And historically, it usually lines up with specific things. Sure. So mm-hmm. like after the nukes were dropped, that's yeah. when we got Godzilla right. and all these sort of terrors. And, right. you know, they were kind of the, if you in hindsight, there is cultural relevance to like the overall, um, yeah. we'll say, distribution of these types of characters True. and these types of um, villains become popular because of, you know, mm-hmm. their association, either uh, conscious or or unconscious with what is going on in history at any given moment. I think like a good horror movie producer is trying to analyze that and trying to predict mm. what is the what is the villain right now? What is yeah. the psychological right. thing that everyone would be afraid of? And how do I manifest that into some sort of creature or existential existential threat or whatever it is? Yeah. I think that I think that in at least our climate. Uh, an interesting monster now would be something that is uh, sort of affected by these powers that we don't see. Yeah. Because one of the big things now, of course, you know, politically, right, is mm-hmm. the possibility that Deep stage, everything, yeah, everything that you Illuminati. are seeing and is, isn't true, yeah. and that like someone is like behind the scenes, mm-hmm. like lying to you or like feeding all you this yeah. stuff. Um, in so, mass division. Yeah. So I think that if you made a monster with that, that as a well, concept or a, attributed that to one of these, you I know, th- I think you actually hit the nail on the head with a movie that's being released in a couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it's either the height, not the heist, not the, uh, but it's the, the movie that it got pushed back. It was supposed to come out last the September. The hunt. Thank you. The it hunt. was supposed to come out last September. And, um, even uh, a bunch of people were bitching about it. Trump started tweeting about how it was horrible, but it was mm-hmm. basically about people hunting uh, Republicans is what kind of the the trailers led us to believe. Hmm. They recut the trailers and they're, re- they're releasing it now and it's a little bit more of like reality show type stuff but hmm. um, it is kind of like right in that vein of that, you know, there's higher powers that are sort of manipulating us, kind of like the, uh, what is it, the most dangerous game or whatever. Hmm. You know, there's just that aspect of like these rich people have all the power and we are just the peons that are here for their amusement and entertainment. Hmm almost going back to like the metropolis or like M or things yeah, like that. We're kind of yeah. in that like industrial revolution sort of oppressive horror genre is, right. I mean, that's even like get out or uh, them or us, you know, they have that same sort of, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of like parasites. Yeah, yeah, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the rich people control everything and yeah. decide everything for us. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely what you said earlier, Sean, about the reflection of society. We are absolutely more politically intrigued now. Mm-hmm. In uh, questions of class yeah. are definitely, uh, you know, at the tip Huge. of people's tongue, yep. and that's why I think Parasite hit, yeah. a, you know, hit a nerve. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there were many references to it, but uh, essentially there was a general uh, feeling of Hollywood recognizing that they were the ones that were uh, <laughs> in the most danger of that uprising because they are possibly the least deserving of their wealth. Mm. It's kind of like if you can't beat them, sure. join them. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, we can't. Yeah, we're just going to. We're billionaires, but we're going to drive a fucking uh, Prius and <laughs> wear cowgirl pants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That was like when uh, George Clooney took uh, said Hollywood was responsible for the civil rights movement. Remember mm-hmm. that mm. as Oscar speech? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
un- uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Okay. So <laughs> I, I think that it's an interesting idea because I don't know if there really is that specific creature nowadays. You guys yeah. were kind of saying there can't yeah. be a, maybe a tangible- There could be a manifestation. I mean, the blob yeah. is probably like close to that thing. Um, it's too, it, like the thing is once you get physical, yeah. it gets- lumbering and literally you have to talk about the physics of how it moves around and then you get slow and then it gets silly. It's just like nowadays, mm. everything has to be frenetic pace. Like look at Walking Dead. Like there's no way you could have slow zombies mm. nowadays. It just would be comical. It'd be a joke. Well, this is kind of what I refer to as the Bloomberg or the, not the Bloomberg, Bloom like House, Bloomberg? the Bloom House issue is that they have a problem with like either under explaining or over explaining their horror. Okay. And so it either is this is all just stupid and doesn't make sense, or this is way over-explained and I understand way too much and it's still even stupider because you explain so much. <laughs> like there is this like this real tightrope that you got to walk of like giving people enough information to be scared, but not enough information to understand how stupid it is. I think Blumhouse is in a weird yeah. place because they're they in that middle ground yep. where they can't quite be that, like, that $5 studio. Million yeah. Movie. yeah, but they're trying to be indie, but then they can't, they have to make money. So then they green light some shitty scripts. Like, exactly. so we, it's weird. Yeah. Um, and I think Us, honestly, was kind of like that. I oh, didn't, Us was horrible. And I, I mean, he's a good director, though. Was good. Exactly. Us was horrible. So he's clearly a good director. Yeah. He's clearly a good writer. I think that they was just kind of like a time thing. They were just like, we need you to make us some money. And he was like, yeah, I got the script I've been maybe well, throwing yeah, around. That's, and, that's the, he started, uh, Jordan Peele is, yeah, Jordan yeah. Peele started doing the uh, the Twilight Zone stuff. Right. And so like, I'm sure he just had a stack of like 20 different scripts he had written. Right. And this just felt like one of those ones that like, yeah, this probably would have been a fine like half hour, hour Twilight Zone episode, but to drag this out into a movie was just utterly dumb. Uh, yeah. And I think, uh, I guess I'm trying to get back to possibly doing any of these as comedies. Yeah. And I can't imagine, I don't know, honestly, any director also handling that, that kind of thing too. That's such a tough tone shift. This, yeah. this The Hunt is supposed to be a comedy. It's so a, I'm, more of a sat, a dark satire. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's about as close as you can get with like, yeah, yeah, I mean, when you're talking about like culture war sort of situation here, like, um, I don't know how, I guess, uh, the did you ever see the Michael Moore directed um, uh, narrative feature uh, Canadian Bacon? It's his only non-documentary, um, but it deals a lot with this sort of class warfare thing. It's almost like a wag the dog where like we try and get uh, basically make a fake war with Canada to distract from things. But yeah, that's I guess the closest I can think of to this sort of comedic uh, class warfare thing. I think that would work today too because of the... Yeah, because the political elements there. Yeah. You know, if you t- touch politics now, not only is it interesting to a lot of people now, but it just gets on the news because yeah. it's controversial and, that's that, and that gets media buzz. And that's really the only way to get any attention these days. Is yeah. you, you make your title shitty and your your big Birds of Prey movie sucks. Yeah. The fantabulous bullshit of bullshit. Oh, Jesus. And you lose $50 million in the opening weekend and there it goes. Yep. Yeah. Because Sonic you put fantabulous. You. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Just name it Harley Quinn. Like, are you an well, idiot? That, I don't think that was the problem with that movie. But Maybe. <laughs> well, to I be mean, honest, it got good reviews. I got like 80% of Rotten Tomatoes. So I think uh, it's probably pretty- It's a product it from so already I, a bad film, which I, is yeah, Suicide yeah. Squad's terrible. Yeah, I gave it an okay-ish review, um, mainly because January was just so absolute shit. It was the only thing that didn't totally suck when I, uh, you know, in a yeah. month. So it was a nice reprieve to have something. Uh, the movie itself, 
itself was actually pretty bad. I don't like Harley Quinn. I don't like Margot Robbie as Holly, Harley Quinn. She looks good, but she doesn't feel right. Um, but the action scenes in that movie are great. Uh, the action scenes are, are just well done, orchestrated, well shot, well put together. And then I found out that those were done by the John Wick guys. So everything made sense. Mm. Not good. Yeah. I mean, I wish that did better. I feel bad for uh, Margot Robbie because I Why? think she produced it too. Well, yeah. I don't know. Well, she seems like a, a good actor. I suppose, but we all make bad movies and like, you know, that's just part of the game. Also, I guess I feel a little bad for DC. You know, I feel like they're just it is always getting shat on and, yeah, over and over. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if they got their shit together, like uh, I've been watching Gotham actually recently, which is kind of has its ups and downs, but um, you know, it's... It keeps me watching. I keep coming mm. back. Like, it's not the best thing in the world, but uh, Jada Pekin Smith is horrible. But, um, you know, you don't have to put up with her for too long. Spoiler alert. I think DC has tonal issues. That's yeah. their main thing. They, you know, they did well with Dark Knight and those things. And yeah. then, so then they tried to make Superman dark, mm. which is, that's just not the property. Like, yeah. that's not Superman. You don't make him a bad guy. Well, <laughs> one of the big issues with Harley Quinn was they've been marketing her to teens and girls for for a while now. There's a Harley Quinn cartoon and there's, you know, Harley Quinn lunchboxes and t-shirts. And then they make this R-rated Harley, Harley Quinn movie and they're right. wondering why their fan base isn't there. Like, you literally excluded <laughs> all of the people that you built up over the last 10 years to yeah. like this fucking character. I don't necessarily have a problem with that because of Joker. Because of the, that proved that you can do it. Uh, that problem. But, they but that was a different thing. I agree. It's, it's just completely... A, it's a very different movie and, it, and they didn't play it like that. But yeah. I think there was an opportunity to do... To, especially because Joker came out earlier. I guess they didn't have time to change anything. Yeah. But it seemed like that paved the way for something like it. But it, there was really nothing in Harley Quinn that had to be rated R. There there was no... No violence? I mean, there was violence, but I mean, you know, our culture is pretty accepting of PG-13 violence. Like, uh, the violence was a little bit gorier and a little bit more over the top, but it just felt like they, they were trying for the R with that. There wasn't really much profanity. There wasn't any sexuality in the thing at all. Like, there, you know, there's just... It, it didn't have any of, like, the... It was not a hard R at all, and it just yeah. seemed to be a bad marketing choice to go for that. At least Joker went for R for a reason. There right. was storytelling elements that, you know, this was a deeper, darker dive. Uh, Harley Quinn was just so surface level and so inane, just comic book bullshit that, like, if you had been able to market that to 13-year-olds, that might have yeah. done a lot better. I also want to talk about Abbott and Costello as a comedy duo. Uh, that you is mean Costello is a solo act? <laughs> Yeah, wow. Is yeah. there is, it's really <laughs> yeah. almost the Simon and he's Garfunkel. Dead weight, man. Like, yeah, he yeah, is. He is. he is the hall to his oats or whatever. It Wait is. a minute. I don't approve of this. <laughs> hall and Oats, proud sons of Philadelphia. Yeah. Both yeah. fantastic. I like hall and Oats. Uh, but is there a comedy duo? We did Will Ferrell, G. John C. Riley, but I don't know. I mean, uh, Amy Fer Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, I think it would be great. They are fucking. E oh, I thought you were saying one that doesn't pull their weight. They, I oh, was say, no, I don't mean that. Pulling enough weight I, for, I'm sorry, <laughs> I asked the wrong question because I, I led that wrong. I was kind of saying, are there comedy duos that could pull some of this stuff off today? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Like, um, 
just like directing duos for the most part, uh, comedy duos get paid half. <laughs> so yeah. like, um, I it, was thinking also the Taika Waititi, uh, Jermaine Clement, that's clearly yeah. that they already did it. Yeah. But now yeah. Taika Waititi is way too big mm. to do this kind of film, I think. No way. He's Wait, is Taika Waititi the other dude from uh, Flight of the Con Concords? No. Okay. Uh, he's, no. Yeah. It, he's the main character in the- the vampire movie. Right, right, right. And he directed that one yeah, too. Okay. Um, I, maybe he does have some sort of role in Flight of the Concords. I don't mm. know. Maybe he's- I, I think he was directing or something. But He probably has a, some sort of guest roles. I'm sure I just forget. Yeah. Um, but I think that, yeah, that, that just can't happen now for him. And, and there's not a lot of directors who could pull this off or want to do it. They have to have a, kind of like a love of horror movies. I think that's why I mentioned Jordan Peele too. Well, comedy duos just, yeah, aren't really much of a thing anymore. Like back in the vaudeville days and stuff like that, there was like a training ground for these type of things. And those guys would come up as a duo. These days, a comedy duo is taking two comedians and jamming them Smith, together. For the most I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, I mean, outside of like the Scholar Brothers, I can't think of any other other stage duo that would translate to, you know, a, a standard run of movies. Well, I mean, if they hit gold, they do sequels, you know, like a right, rush, right. A rush but hour. Still just jamming two randoms together. And yeah, um, just I hoping mean, they have chemistry. Uh, in that defense, though, according to the Laurel and Hardy movie I watched, that's essentially what happened to those guys. Um, they were pretty much just two randoms that were jammed together and then forced to work together for a long time. Mm. Um, so, you know, maybe that does work in a uh, uh, new kids on the block sort of uh, menudo construction method. But um, yeah, for the most part, I, I you know, you get like yeah. Danny DeVito and... Uh, um, uh, uh, Schwarzenegger coming back uh, uh, doing the revamp of Twins yeah. um, uh, with Eddie We're bringing Murphy people back. There. Let's, uh, you know, Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan, you know? The uh, Shanghai Noon Nights. Yeah, now we're going to do a mon you know, What's, well, Owen, monsters. Owen and Luke. I mean, that's mm -hmm. almost a comedy duo. Kind right? of. Battle Rocket. Yeah. Wilson. Yeah, the Wilsons. Um, so... Apparently, Paul Feig is supposed to be directing something for Universal Pictures, a monster movie called Dark Army, huh. uh, which, of uh, course, he's a comedic director, right? So I wonder he? if- well, Don't he, you have to make a sorry, funny movie? He's done, he's this done, is Ghostbusters 2016, Paul Feig? This is, uh, he also did Spy. <laughs> he also did Bridesmaids, uh, right? Which those were Okay, well, I, I think Spy's- He's got some talent. I did not see we're being Spy, to be fair, but I hated Bridesmaids. I watched about 20 minutes and couldn't take yeah, it. Yeah, Spy is great because of Jason Statham. Okay. And um, yeah, I mean, and you know, it's it's pretty good. I it's know. pretty good. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so he's he's now, I guess, going to be doing a movie. The head of the Monsterverse. With, yeah, head of the Monsterverse, <laughs> which makes me think that maybe they are going like the jokey style, but- Maybe not. Maybe he's just trying to. to I think do they're, a, yeah, they're just trying anything because they don't anything. have any IP yeah. really. Like Universal, this is the only like, Fast and Furious, right? They but, also and, have Fast and Furious, but they don't have any like traditional yeah, like comic true. book IP. They don't have Star Wars. They don't have DC. They yeah. don't have anything they can really hang their hat on. They, they mean, have nothing they can build a theme park around. Fast and the Furious meets the classic monsters kind right. of what it's going to end up is, having to be yeah why why not just do that why not just amalgam those have, those things are already jokey anyway seen, they're Hobbs hilarious yeah that's what it's become like yeah. that is, there's no reason that they couldn't so take boring Fast and too so to meet boring Frankenstein. yeah they're so boring honestly now. Hobbs and Shaw wasn't horrible I thought for it was like boring. stupid big budget yeah. stuff yeah
I think now there's just no duos, but there's some troops. Uh, mm-hmm. I would also say maybe Lonely Island could maybe do something like this. Are they still a thing? I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's not. just fucking Andy Sandberg is like his well, own Well, they did that one where they would pretend to be Justin Bieber, mm-hmm. pop star, mm-hmm. never stop stopping. Isn't that still 10 years ago? <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? Oh, the, the uh, Super Trooper guys. Yeah, I don't know what Broken Lizard. Broken Lizard. Yeah. They... Again, they have the capability. I just, they're not big I, enough. They're not. They they're all kind of went niche. their separate. Yeah, like Jay Chan yeah. the Shakar is just directing all sorts of shit now. He's coming up in sitcoms and stuff constantly. Yeah. So like, that's, yeah. I mean, it's got to be, you know, it's got to be Will Ferrell and. and they and, they, they are they, kind of the only comedy yeah. duo I can think of right now that's that is it. like consistently working. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, that would, you know. Okay. So they, they did a bad one. But yeah, they but could come back and do a good one. They we did, know they it's did in there. two weeks later. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. sure. They, yeah, they, they are fairly consistently churning out decent stuff. They have, yeah, or at least you know the threshold for comedy movies is pretty low. So right. I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan, but like they mostly do serviceable things. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get to miscellaneous and errata. Mm. Isn't that what we've been doing for like? Kind of. Yeah, yeah like I just want to make it formal. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Derek, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, not really. I kind of, kind of was holding on to that Paul Feig thing. Kind of, kind of blew that. That was in your back yeah, pocket. That was in the back pocket. It's right. gone now. I like that Costello can't whistle. Uh, like every funny. time he got scared, he like would, you know, just kind of lose his voice and then he'd try and whistle and he still couldn't whistle. And then like he couldn't whistle normally. The other thing I want to point out is just like in the forties and fifties insurance it was like a huge deal, huh? Yeah. Like these guys were like say. cops, huh? <laughs> like, I guess so. Insurance Undercover. Yeah, they had yeah. like a lot of power it's and like fear about the insurance guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, They're going to break right. your fucking legs, the insurance yeah. salesman. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I don't know. I worked in insurance for 10 years. I never had anyone fear anything about it. Like, also, this <laughs> took place in Florida? Is that, did apparently. It? Did it? That's, uh, I was reading the description. <laughs> I was reading the description. It says it takes mm. place in Florida. So we're supposed oh, to believe Grayskull was all swampy, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. What was mm. that in the Everglades yeah, or something? Isn't that like, where you lived? Didn't, didn't you see those every day? No, <laughs> no, never saw didn't Castle Grayskull. Grayskull? No. <laughs> no, right outside Pensacola, is Crescent yeah. Castle Grayskull. Yeah. Yeah. Little little known. If it was yeah. gonna be anywhere, it'd be in Florida though. Yes. If it was anywhere that, in the US, yes. like there would be that in Florida. Yeah. yeah. The only other thing I gotta give props to Bella for his uh hand move. Oh, I don't know great. how he does that is like oh, he, yeah, he contorts yeah. his hand in weird ways that like still is you know, still wiggling and still moving, but like weirdly like sexual but intimidating and like kind of everything that a good Dracula should be. I actually think that's a thing. Uh, I would compare. I would compare that to Freddy Krueger's hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the way that he just kind of does one finger at a time yeah. with the knives. You know, I always kind of did that with my hand when I was trying to be Freddy Krueger for Halloween, mm. and I would practice it over and over again. And I'm just doing it right now, and Sean's yeah. not impressed. No, I can do it this way too. You can move both all fingers at one time. Can you do that? Yeah. Damn it, it's not that hard. No, it's not a thing. Okay, humans can all do this. Yeah, we can, we can all move all we five of our it. fingers. We can it's, do it. It's really only four, actually. Can, can you can you do the Vulcan? I can do the Vulcan. Uh, yeah, I taped my fingers together for like a couple weeks as a kid. A couple to, weeks? Well, like, you know, I'd leave it on there for like an hour or so and walk around and, okay. you know, you just kind of get that muscle memory. But yeah, you can do each one. You were cool, huh? Yep, I, was, I had lots of friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, 
I'm not, I don't have any more errata, so let's just get to it. Let's let's rate this film. Yeah, uh, Derek, I think you're ready to do it. So, Derek, tell us what are you going to give this film? Sure, I'm going to give this thing a uh, a a a very solid five out of twelve. Damn, that's very solid. A very solid. He, he's solid in his opinion. It's of a five. very <laughs> solid. It's getting the five for the, the three, three or four laughs. Mm. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with the fact that it did, you know, bring comedy, uh, the historical thing of bringing yeah, yeah. comedy to horror, uh, which I'm not a big horror fan. So I that's a big step in my opinion. Uh, so that's why it gets that. Right. And yeah, Costello, yeah. Ab and Costello, hey, you know, they're, 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 uh, who's on first? Mm. Great. Hilarious. <laughs> Classic. Love it. True. Classic. It's great. Uh, check that out. Don't necessarily have to watch this film unless you're a huge fan of them. And then probably, Costello. I guess, uh, yeah. And <laughs> if you're them. a huge fan of, yeah, if you're Costello a huge fan friends. of Costello and, and, and the other guy, uh, then <laughs> this one is, you're going to, you're going to watch it. So why even recommend it? Right. So mm. yeah. Next up. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. John. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, um, give this a wavering, Three stars out of five. Um, I wow, was, over fifty percent. Yeah, exactly. I was wavering between two and a half mm. and three. I think it, you know, it just barely knocks it over into the good ledger. So because there were, was the a third laugh, because yeah, there was a th- the, the fourth unintentional laugh is what <laughs> took it over the top. There were three good jokes intentionally, and then one joke that or one sight gag that was just phenomenal. <laughs> um, yeah, so a a star per joke. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that like, yeah, I, I'm glad we watched it. And I, I do think that people should watch this movie um, because I think it allows you to not have to watch any of the other movies. So, <laughs> well, no, you know, just get at least that. Just listen to our podcast. Yeah. yeah get right. that thing check on, mark. Yeah, exactly. So check check mark. it off. You understand the thing. Then go watch Bucket who's list. on first and you got everything you need to yeah, know probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's some good things about this movie. As we said, Universal knows what the fuck they're doing. They know how to get a movie made. And like there were elements of that in the production that were just, you know, good. Hot, yeah. Um, Script needed some rewrites. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Three stars. Three out of five is not that bad for you, though. I'm yeah, wavering, it's not, but yeah. That's, um, that's really high. I, I didn't for... expect this to be good at all. So uh-huh. the fact that any laughs came out of it, especially after, like, after the first five minutes or so, I had lost a lot of hope in this movie. Oh, man. It started so, slow. It yeah. started bad. There was a lot of, de- of, of really bad, bad jokes. Yeah. So the fact that we got, Clunkers. like, some like three good laughs out of it was uh to me yeah i will say you laughed the hardest of the three yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure um so i'm gonna give this a four out of ten mm. um it again i think i actually kind of agree with sean that it's good to just say you've seen an abbott and costello film <laughs> uh, you know just to check it off yeah and yeah. this i guess is the best one apparently i can't yeah. <laughs> The other ones must be a little bit. I'm not going to check out no the rest. To check those out. I mean, at least you got Bella Lugosi and Lauren right. Jenny in this. Yeah. Right. Got, There's some interesting stuff yeah. there. Yeah. At least you get to see them. Yeah. Um, okay. And there's, again, maybe three. You actually get to check off a lot of things. You don't have to see the Wolfman now. You know, like, you, know, you don't really have All to right. see these. Yeah. Movies. Frankenstein, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Again, I think it's a nostalgia film for people who were kids, like yeah. in the. 40s right yeah. so like 
Sure. I, I mean, I, I get its place. I think I see yeah. its place. And I actually like it on a historical level just by mixing yeah. genres. That's a cool idea. I like the, the bold effort, even if it failed. The original um, Nas X. Sure, Sean. Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that it's it's a cool try. Uh, and I think in Missed Opportunity, Sean's right. The script is bad. They should have had three more rewrites. Maybe it would have worked. Yeah. But- I'm not opposed to a comedy horror film. I think no. it could work today, done right. Um, so, you know, kudos to trying to effort, A for effort, <laughs> four out of 10, though, for your real yeah. execution. I know. Mm. All right. So, um, any other recommendations, podcasts, movies, anything else? We kind of talked about a lot already. Uh, go see Sonic. Uh, Sonic's actually good. Jim Carrey's good Sonic as Dr. Hedgehog. Robotnik. Uh, yeah. Uh, so if you're uh, listening to all of the uh, interstitial reviews that I've been throwing down in your uh, weekly feed here, uh, you already know that I am a fan of Sonic and the way that uh, Jim Carrey is back in kind of Jim Carrey form, old school style, without being too over the top. He never talks through his ass. I didn't mind that. I liked Ace Ventura. Yeah, I love Ace Ventura, but, you know, I'm just, you know. There's a time and a place. Yeah, exactly. Derek, any recommendations? Um, I uh, I, I I recommend uh, uh, Tezos Coin. The fuck, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Because it, it it's it's going up. Oh Jesus! He's giving you stock. Tips. Yeah, he's giving you stock financial. I think you advice. have to give a disclaimer financial. now. Disclaimer. Fucking, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this is just does not my opinion. Legal blah, blah, blah. advice. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Uh, Derek is not a professional. Uh, yeah, I'm not a professional. I don't know anything. Don't listen to anything that I say. I mean, uh, my second recommendation was going to be Dijon mustard. So mm. just bear that in mind. Better than spicy brown, huh? Uh, yes. Hmm. Yeah, a hard disagree. I mean, I okay. All right. Well, it depends on its place. What is it? What is it on? What kind of meat are you putting? This well, on? let me ask. Let me turn that around on you. What is Dijon mustard superior on? Dijon mustard. What is it superior on? Yeah, it's superior anytime it's between cheese and lettuce. Cheese is poison. So any sandwich with cheese and lettuce, uh-huh. you think you Dijon mustard is the best? Uh, but only between the cheese and the lettuce. Corned beef, uh, pastrami. You yes, think only Dijon between mustard. the cheese and the lettuce. Bonkers, spicy brown. Or yeah, you're not putting corned beef. You're not putting lettuce and cheese on your corned beef. Yes, I am. Why, why? Why are you doing that, Joey? They put it on. They usually, put Russian dressing too. Fuck yeah, that tell them not to do that. Corned beef is disgusting. Corned beef is not disgusting. How, How do they you? get the corn in go, the beef? We're gonna go to King's Deli. That's a rec- that's a recommendation. If you're there in, we go. If you're in Los Angeles near Warner Brothers, check out King's Deli. <laughs> Good pastrami. <laughs> Love yeah. the pastrami. <sighs> Jeez. All right. Yeah. Check out all the all our other podcasts. Literally, literary text before calling. My personal favorite. <laughs> Going down on South Park. Politinkering. Um, literally, yeah. literary. West said that one. World. Wild, wild, West West wild, wild, West world. Cellular breakdown teasers. Teasers. Yeah. You got to yeah. do more branding. Teasers. Oh. We got to plug the Patreon. Yeah. So they pay. Mr. Donut the Donut. Sorry. Yeah, he, we didn't please he, you. Yeah, he didn't like it. He backed out real quick. Yeah, but we need more. So maybe please a, subscribe. Maybe Patreon. it's like a follow, follow back. Yeah, we will. Thing. We will. If someone else does it, that, we will follow you know, Why give you money? You give us money. You give us money. I'll give you money kind of thing. Is that the way that works? Honestly, that is how Patreon works because the only donation I get is from Joey and that goes to all the other things that I donate to. 
So my theory is that Patreon is just continually taking their cut and their cut and their cut as that $1 gets passed around 10 podcasters. And basically mm. Patreon ends up with everything in the end. The house always wins. Indeed. Because of the... So yeah, check out all the shows. Go on over to fallcast.com slash shop. Get yourself a mug. Get yourself a uh, shirt, a skirt, a tote, whatever you want. Mm. Uh, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash fallcast. That's F-A-U-C-A-S-T. Uh, and yeah, check out all the shows. Tell a friend, tell an enemy. Give us a review, subscribe, ring the bell, whatever the fuck you want to do. Tell us what to watch. We always want recommendations. Email us. Yeah. That's what I really want. Feedback. Tell know. us if we suck. Let me know if you want me to stop doing the teasers. I do. This has been a presentation of the Fallcast Networks. Fallcast.com. Join us, won't you? Oh, my God. It's going to end on that. Gross. <laughs>